There is no place in the world like Rodeo Drive. I'm Para Isan. Welcome to Rodeo Drive, the podcast. And I'm Jason E.C. Wright, joining you from Rodeo Drive. On today's show, art and fashion meet in Beverly Hills as Freeze Art Fair comes to town. We've seen artist-fashion collaborations that are dead on arrival. But then we've seen others that are just fantastic and inspiring. So some people saw me and my team at the opening freeze, all wearing Kenny Scharf, Dior men collaboration. That's the art dealer, Jeffrey Deitch. He shares his thoughts on the intersection of art and fashion. Catch my conversation with him in a moment. But first, it's time to go to Rodeo Drive itself with our field correspondent, Jason E.C. Wright. Jason, over to you. Thanks, Barry. You'll wish you were here when I tell you that I'm at a restaurant with a view of the classic Beverly Wilshire Hotel. And in front of me is a plate of fried calamari and a glass of wine. I sat down with Kathy Gohari, president of the Rodeo Drive Committee, as she chose this spot. We are sitting in the beautiful 208 restaurant at 2 Rodeo. This place has been around for over three decades, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and guess who's been coming here for almost three decades? Who is that? Me. So you've seen this street change, and it seems like people are out vibrant the the pulse of the street it feels like it's it's kind of alive again um how has it felt for you based on the way it was kind of like during the throes of the pandemic versus now like how does it feel on the street you know it's interesting i have seen the evolution of slowly coming back to normal life it's pretty exciting right now the mask mandate was just lifted Mm -hmm. so people are not wearing the mask they're walking around and life is good Life is good. Look at the crowd. The tables are filled. The streets are packed. We have cars in the background, room rooming, you know? (laughs) Because that's part of what people come to Rodeo for. Hey, it is part of Rodeo Drive, of course. Beautiful cars, beautiful people, beautiful fashion. Yeah. There we go, one more. Mm -hmm. But as far as the fashion goes, like, this is a place that people come to see their dreams in real life, to touch things. But... Fashion's influence is all over the world, and right now, so there's a lot going on with Russia and Ukraine, and there's sanctions being put on luxury goods. Like, yeah. how have you heard or seen any of that, like, impacting any of the stores on the street? You know, a lot of these types of situations, as we have seen a few different scenarios in the past few years, are not very visible from the naked eye if you're walking on Rodeo Drive. But you watch the news, you see what's going on right now with Russia and Ukraine and the amount of solidarity between so many designers and so many businesses in general. Many of them, many, many of them have shut down their businesses right now in Russia. That's huge. You might not see that walking into the Dior store today. But it's happening on the other side of the world. It's very, very, very true. So the focus of today's conversation is about the intersection of art and fashion. I'm just curious, how do you see that playing out here on Rodeo Drive? You know, I have to tell you, it's pretty exceptional that Freeze was in Beverly Hills this year, especially coming off the kind of years that we have come off of. Art has always been around in Beverly Hills and Rodeo Drive specifically. There are pieces of sculptures all over the city. On Rodeo Drive alone, we have Robert Graham's torso. Mm-hmm. And that torso has been there for almost 20 years now. 
and it's a place where people come and take pictures. Like you see people running in the middle of the street, in the middle of the median, and guess what? They stand there and take pictures with the torso. Galleries like like Winslow. the Winslow and Fine Art Gallery, truly, truly, very modern and eclectic. So yeah. there are some serious art and art collectors in this area. But somehow, this past two decades have really created more of an engagement between fashion and art. Mm-hmm. That intersection has solidified so much. So many designers are partnering up with artists these days, not just for Christmas or for New Year's or for a launch of a collection, but generally every other day they're right. having you know <laughs> some sort of a collaboration. Right. That alone is art. That you can't find anywhere else in the world. You know, I see in the mornings when I walk my dog sometimes up and down the street, I see tourists coming early in the morning before the stores are even open and taking pictures. These are all exposures that means a lot to people of all different. So they're not just coming to look at the buildings and the yeah. beautiful restaurants and the pretty clothes, but it's the whole environment. Very right? Much so. And there's a lot of those experiences that you can only have on Rodeo Drive. It's true. So. It's really true. Well, thank you for chatting with us today, Kathy. I guess the next thing to do is enjoy our lunch. Yes, and guess what, Jason? Next time, if you are really good to me, I'm going to have you try the ahi tuna nachos. That's the secret menu, and it is to die for. That was Kathy Gohari, president of the Rodeo Drive Committee. And now, back to you, Perry. Thanks, Jason, and thanks, Kathy, for the secret menu tip. As you heard from Kathy, art plays a vital role in the fashion world today. In fact, at Paris Fashion Week, several of the fashion houses held their shows in art museums. You could also see art and fashion in full force in Beverly Hills last month when Freeze, one of the world's premier international art fairs, opened its doors next to the Beverly Hilton. This brought Freeze nearer to patrons and collectors who came out in style on the opening day. That's right. It was quite a scene. So many people wearing outfits that maybe they've saved for a while to come out. Very, very interesting art. I was really drawn to a lot of the sculptural pieces and the textural pieces, but I think we were all drawn to that monumental art installation titled Dreamer's Folly. And uh, that was an artwork made in 2010 by the late Chris Burden and presented for the first time here in the U.S. It's a structure made of three interconnected 19th century cast iron gazebos, which formed enclosures with seating in the style of an English garden. The whole thing is swathed in soft beige lace. It's a little like LACMA's Urban Light, very architectural and entirely immersive. We met lots of people there, like Eric Buterbau, the famed floral designer. I think Freeze has brought something amazing to Los Angeles, and now, with it being based in the center of Beverly Hills, it's a perfect thing for this city. I've just arrived, so I've got to scramble around and see everything oh, I can. Yes. And this preview day, it's like a cocktail party after the COVID. Now you're seeing everyone you haven't seen for a while, so it's really, really special. The people watching is excellent. Oh yes, yes. And the mask thing—we were supposed to be wearing our masks, but we snuck them off. We got naughty. And but the ones you want to see, you pretend like you don't recognize, and the ones you want to see, you just race over to. So it's really, really fun. Yes. And the art I've seen so far is amazing. We also ran into the art critic Hunter Jehoyoska Filt, and I asked her about the artistry on display in both the art and what people were wearing for the occasion. I really think it's all the visual world, and if you're one of those people who has the disease of being addicted to things that are beautiful and visual and fun and fabulous, it all kind of works together. And of course, art has a very different critical 
meaning, a different critical approach to the way it is used in society, but increasingly fashion designers do too. That gives you a sense of the buzz at the Freeze Week opening in Beverly Hills this year for the first time. Now, one of the big players there was Jeffrey Deitch, the famed art dealer. You couldn't miss him. <laughs> we definitely couldn't. He was wearing a Dior suit designed by artist Kenny Scharf in collaboration with Kim Jones, the director of Dior Men's Line for its Fall Winter 2021 collection. You may know the rubbery day glow cartoonish faces by Kenny, who got his start as a street artist in the East Village in the 1980s, alongside artists including Jean-Michel Basquiat and Keith Haring. His work fuses pop art minimalism with the 1960s California TV culture that he experienced as a high school student right here in Beverly Hills. Jeffrey has always been a creative visionary, and we got the chance to talk to him later about art and fashion fusions in a quieter spot, his office at his own gallery. Beverly Hills has long been the center of the art world in Los Angeles. So the William Copley Gallery was here, that's where legendary shows of surrealism. So there's a great history of art in Beverly Hills. And the Gagosian Gallery has long time made Beverly Hills its headquarters with many, many legendary shows. And Beverly Hills is also where the art world meets. So I'm very friendly with Mr. Chow mm -hmm. and have spent many exciting evenings in Mr. Chow where you see so many artists, art collectors, people who want to get involved with art. And when collectors come from other cities, often staying in the hotels around Rodeo Drive, I'm on Rodeo Drive once a week, usually on my way to turn the corner to go to Gagosian on Camden. <laughs> but, you know, of course, my conception of art is that it connects with the culture of fashion, with popular culture. So it's important for me to visit the Celine store, to visit the Gucci store, because that gives me a deeper understanding of cultural trends. So yes, I walk the street from time to time, keep myself informed. So more than New York now, Los Angeles has this cross-conversation between creators in film, music, fashion, art, digital creation. So this is why I'm particularly stimulated to be in Los Angeles. And Beverly Hills is where it all comes together. You are listening to Jeffrey Deitch. I wanted to know more about this cross-conversation, as it's very personal to me in my own work, which cross-pollinates art and fashion and architecture. It seems to have so much to do with people. So I asked Jeffrey about that. Okay, I mentioned Mr. Chow. So Michael Chow is somebody who, without even cultivating, just naturally connects with essential people in art, film, music, fashion. And so he's an example, bringing things together. And there are other people who do that as well, also institutions and some of the great fashion brands. A couple of years ago, Louis Vuitton had a phenomenal exhibition with artists like my friend Urs Fischer, who created new designs for 
Louis Vuitton bags. Mm -hmm. It was an incredible event. Alex Israel has collaborated with Vuitton and Remova. The creative directors are really making things happen. And when I was at MoCA, we did an exhibition with Eddie Sleman, who has done amazing things with Yves Saint Laurent and now Celine, connecting art and fashion and music. Jeffrey is a pioneering mastermind behind many collaborations between art and fashion. So I asked him what makes for a successful one, because in my view, not all of them work. We've seen artist fashion collaborations that are dead on arrival. Mm -hmm. But then we've seen others that are just fantastic and inspiring. So some people saw me and my team at the opening freeze yesterday, all wearing the Kenny Scharf Dior Men collaboration. Kim Jones, the creative director of Dior Men, asked Kenny Scharf to collaborate, and they ran with it. Uh, Kenny told me it's the most successful artist collaboration they've ever done, and rather than a one-shot deal, they're continuing it. He just made a whole new group of designs for Chinese New Year, for the Year of the Tiger. And that's a very good example of a really perfect, even collaboration where it's not just you stamp an artist's image on a jacket. Oh, this this is a deep connection, uh, brilliantly done. It's been very good for sales for Dior men, but it's also, it's been transformative for Kenny Scharf's career. Uh, introduced Kenny in a much deeper way to China, and I love it seeing these really tough guys coming out of hip-hop covered with yeah. Kenny Sharp Dior clothing, or Kenny awesome. loves it. And uh, so Dior generously gave Kenny every sample, because he fits the sample size. I'm also around the same size as Kenny, so I was able to wear one of the suits. So that's a very good example of an excellent collaboration. Jeffrey has also played a role in another kind of crossover between the art world and the entertainment industry. For a while, it didn't seem like they connected. Well, I remember stories basically coming from the New York press saying, you know, what's wrong with Hollywood? How come they're not involved in art? But from when I got here in 2010, realized that that's, that's not correct at all. Now, first, there's a great history. Billy Wilder, Edward G. Robinson, so many legendary actors, directors, producers who are also great art collectors and patrons. But now what's happened is a younger generation of musicians, filmmakers, actors are really engaged in what we do consider the artists to be their creative peers. So it goes beyond they want to collect art. No, they want to be in this discourse. And so there are a number of friendships between artists and leading musicians, actors, a number of well-known creative people in film and music and fashion uh, come to our gallery and acquire works. There's also uh, great engagement in the art world from people in the business side of entertainment. Right. The talent agencies are very engaged. 
and of course Endeavor is the majority owner of Freeze. UTA has an art space, CAA has a terrific collection, mm -hmm. and many of the key agents are also active collectors. And they bring their clients into it. So a number of the agents who are collectors have brought their movie star clients to the gallery who can become clients as well. So there's a big change in the art audience. Mm -hmm. So when I was growing up in the 1960s, I was always wondering, well, how come music connects to all these people and you have hundreds of thousands of people going to Woodstock? And, you know, why not visual art? And a number of the important musicians were very engaged in visual art. Mm -hmm. The Beatles, the Stones, yeah. you know, they were friendly with Robert Fraser, great art dealer in London. But there wasn't enough visual fluency. But this has all changed with social media. You have a whole generation creating their version of art with Instagram selfies and things like that. You have a whole generation who is visually aware. So that, that has increased the interest, understanding of art tremendously. And so it was very exciting for me to see this new audience, this new engagement. You are listening to the influential art dealer, Jeffrey Deitch, who always has his eye on what's new in art. So I had to ask him how he feels about the current fascination with NFTs. So I'm primarily interested in art, okay? I'm, so that's my world. Mm -hmm. um, I'm interested in a new medium, a new technology, if it can be a platform for great art. So I'm not interested in NFTs just because they're NFTs yes. or people can yeah. play with them and make money. If there's an artist whose work fits with the NFT medium, who needs that, then I'm very interested. And so I've been thinking, could I find an artist and do a project with someone where the NFT is just natural, it's part of it, where people aren't going to talk about, oh, this is so exciting, it's an NFT. They're going to talk about, oh, this is great art, mm -hmm. but it, it might be channeled or sold through an NFT. So I'm happy to reveal here that we're going to be presenting an exhibition with one of the great artists of the world who's here in Los Angeles. He's a professor at UCLA. Mm -hmm. It's Refik Anadol. Oh. And many people in Los Angeles know about the work because of the phenomenal projection he did on the facade of Disney Hall for the 100th anniversary of the LA Phil. And I was so inspired by that. I thought that was great. And I've got to meet this artist. A few months back, we were introduced at a dinner at Lincoln Center and I said, I've been trying to connect with you. And you know, he remembered meeting me and so excited. We're going to do a major exhibition of his work here in our Los Angeles gallery, summer 2022. It will be a sensation. And that's how I'm going to get involved in NFTs. Art first, NFTs, just as a platform, not as the whole idea. I like it. Thank you so much, Jeffrey, for being on the podcast.
That was Jeffrey Deitch, art dealer and curator. I'm Parry Isan, your host of Rodeo Drive at the podcast. And I'm Jason E.C. Wright, your field correspondent on Rodeo Drive. On the next show, we'll visit the German luxury brand MCM, and we'll hear from global creative officer Dirk Schoenberger about staying current in the real world and online. We're tapping into this with creating virtual worlds for campaign shoots creating partnerships with online platforms where you can dress your avatar in our clothes. And this is only the beginning. Rodeo Drive, the podcast, is presented by the Rodeo Drive Committee with the support of the City of Beverly Hills, to Rodeo Drive, the Heyman Family, Beverly Wilshire Four Seasons Hotel, the Beverly Hills Conference and Visitors Bureau, and MCM. Rodeo Drive, the podcast, is written by Francis Anderton with editing and videography by Hans Fjellstad. Brian Banks composed the theme music. Grace Fu is the production assistant. The executive producer is Lynn Winter. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Join us on Instagram at Rodeo Drive. See you on the street. <laughs> <laughs>